his advice basically was, you know, I know you come from not having a lot and you there's a lot of pressure for you to make it as a person. On this episode, I'm joined by Charlinda Scales. She's the founder and CEO of Mutt Sauce. I think you guys will enjoy this conversation. So Charlinda, if you don't mind, um, I think it's just sometimes easiest if you just quickly introduce yourself to the audience and the listeners. Sure. I'm Charlinda Scales. I am the servant leader slash CEO of Mutt Sauce LLC. We're based out of Dayton, Ohio. We sell all-purpose tomato-based specialty sauce line. Um, first of all, thank you for agreeing to be on. I reached out to you out of the blue and uh, you didn't seem to hesitate. So I totally appreciate you being willing to join. Um, I heard of you and Mutt Sauce on my way to my corporate marketing job probably two years ago. Oh, wow. You can, you'll, you'll probably be able to fill the details in. When you put your number in and Gary and his team called you, on his podcast. Mm -hmm. Does that sound about right? Yes. (laughs) And I was in the process of building marketers company and coming up with um, an idea for a podcast at the time. And I have, I I use my notes app on the iPhone frequently. And I literally was going through a toll booth. I remember the area because I remember it being an interesting back and forth you guys had. Mm. And I put your name and the company in my notes app And then lo and behold, all this time has passed. I've got marketers company up and going and running and have launched the podcast. And now we're having this conversation. So yeah, I found that crazy. So Charlinda, the show's intended to provide entrepreneurs, business operators, basically give them and provide them value by having conversations with people like you. And in those conversations, typically what we'll uncover are, you know, some interesting stories, challenges will spark ideas for others and provide a different perspective into really what goes into running a successful business. So if um, if you're up for it, the first part of the conversation, I want to dig into a little bit about the history of Mutt Sauce and some of the high level operator things. Um, and then I'd love to learn more about um, the actual business day to day, what you have going on and some of the some of the uh, business operator um, type of things. Sure. So. <clears throat> How did this thing even come about? How did you get started? Who was involved from the beginning? Tell me a little bit about that story. So the story of Mutt Sauce is actually um, about my grandfather. My grandfather was a Korean-Vietnam War veteran, uh, and he was an aircraft mechanic. He was also very passionate about food when he wasn't talking about how much he loves service. Uh, But he was really passionate about this recipe for an all-purpose sauce, way before I was even thought of back in 1956. So that's how long it had been in my family. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So 56, uh, you're not, yeah, you're not even a, you're not a blip on the radar. So Mm -hmm. what, what, where does it go from there? How does it, how does it end up mutt sauce and, and you're running it? Sure. So um, my family ate it for a couple of generations. My mom grew up on it. And right around, it was like 2005, my grandfather um, was diagnosed with um, late stage, stage four lung cancer. Actually, by that point, by the time we discovered it, he was, it was pretty much all over his body. And 
I grew up with him. So I was actually a grandparent's kid. My mom and I lived with my grandparents. And uh, I was close with him. It's still the question that I probably won't, won't have an answer to it. But you know, a lot of people ask me, like, why did he choose you? I learned eight years after he passed that he had written down this recipe that nobody knew one time and directed uh, for the only copy to be given to me. Wait, seriously? I didn't know that. Yes. So he, you're super tight and close with your grandfather. He passes and then all this time goes by and no one knows that this has been left for you? No. My mother knew. She was the uh, executor of the will and she was just kind of concerned because she had five brothers and sisters. He didn't even leave it to his own children. And I'm the third grandkid. So there was no explanation of why he skipped Oh. Seven people. Um, and I'm not a chef. So everybody, you know, asks, like, you run a food company. So how long have you been a chef? Never. <laughs> um, and he knew that. <laughs> These are things that he knew because by the time that, um, you know, he was in the last stages of his life, he was there the day that I commissioned into the military. I also went into the military. Um, I commissioned in 2004. So he was the first person to salute me at my commissioning ceremony. And I thought that he knew that that was going to be my life was the service. So this was a big curveball to me. Now, most people will say, no, it wasn't. He just handed you a piece of paper. But I didn't see it that way. I, I said, there's, there's something here. I don't know, you know what to make of it, but it's a big deal. And I, wanted, I treated it like what he's handed me is a big deal. Well, first of all, for your grandfather and, and to you, thank you guys both for your service. Thank you. Um, was your plan to be, was that your career plan to be in the military? Not originally. Like, I actually yeah. wanted to be a jock. I wanted to be an athlete. Um, I had done sports pretty much my whole life and I wanted to either run track or play soccer. Um, I wanted to play soccer at Clemson. And the first game senior year, I got hit and tore my ACL. Senior year of high school. Senior year of high school. Very first, oh. very first game. So all the scouts are gone. <laughs> and you get, you know, less than a, less than six months to till there's your last shot for track season. My numbers were horrible. Um, and I was just sitting there like, what do I do? Because I was raised in a family where it's like 18 and out, like get out of the house. You're, you're on your own. Uh, my mom made it very clear. I didn't save any money for you for college, but you have to get out of my house. So <laughs> I it was very much a family that they, they raise you to be independent very early. I, I, I um, love, I actually, I, I like that where, where, where that's headed. I mean, it sounds tough, but it, it probably in hindsight, it, it is good for you. Yeah. I mean, I was a teenager just thinking about, okay, I, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta pay bills. <laughs> like, yeah. I was really thinking hard at how I was going to make it. Cause I, I had a deadline. My graduation was the deadline to move out and not cause she didn't want me there. It's just the way we, we operate. Yeah. But, um, I was sitting in class and I wasn't paying attention to the teacher and this guy was filling out this application for um, ROTC, which is Reserve Officer Training, a military scholarship. 
And he said, no, this is too hard. I said, what's hard about it? He's like, you had to do stuff in high school. And like you had to do extracurricular stuff. So luckily my mom kept my schedule pretty, pretty fully booked since I was in like sixth grade. And I had a lot to put on that um, application. Walking down the hallway, bumped into my guidance counselor and she Asked me what the paper was. I said, some scholarship. I don't know. And she said, well, let me see it. And she actually turned it in. So I have to thank her. Uh, I didn't really understand in the process I was being considered for full ride. Because <laughs> when they came to interview me, it was some captain. And I have to say, I was pretty laid back about the whole ordeal. But he thought I was a good candidate. I still didn't understand what he meant by that. But... I got invited to the end of year award ceremony and they said two people have received full ride military scholarships to the college of their choice. And they called my name and my mother fell out and caught the Holy ghost. And <laughs> oh man. Well, that worked, <laughs> that worked out. Right. She was so like, there's there, if there's a word beyond happy, <laughs> that was her. So, so that leads you into the service, into the air force. And then at that point, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, you know, you said your grandfather was there to, you know, see you commissioned. Um, yeah. That's kind of where your career is headed, right? Yes. So if they pay for college, it, however many years you took to graduate college, you owe them that many years of active duty service. Sure. So Mutt Sauce at this point, one, you don't even know that this is something that he's thinking. You're, Mm-mm. Yeah. No, it was not a discussion. It was never, uh, not on the radar at all. So let's fast forward to that. When he, when your grandfather passes, you find this out. Is there eight years later? Yeah. <laughs> Is there, and, and you're, I mean, you're a pretty, you're a young woman, but you're, you're into your life at this point. Yes. I was in the middle of my, I was in the middle of my air force career. I had just pinned on captain and, I had some really great assignments. Um, I actually start. I at first I just wanted to do four years and be done. But once I got in it, I was like, I could stay in this for like twenty, thirty years. That's how much I loved it. So, so how did you leave it? Was, that's yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I think the the um, journey of entrepreneurship is you you just don't know where it's going to take you. Uh, I did start out as a hobby. I didn't really treat it like this is going to be my life. Mutt sauce is going to be my life. Um, When I got the recipe and I decided that I want to do something with it, I was still thinking about my primary, my priority was the military. So I'm not going to be in a kitchen whipping up sauce. That's just not going to be me. So I reached, I went on Google and I looked up free, free mentorship (laughs) and (laughs) yeah, I Googled free mentorship. And the first link that came was uh, score, score score.org and there's chapters all over the country, but it is free mentorship, business mentorship actually. And a lot of these people are retirees that just sit there and they've exited their companies and they just sit there and give you advice. So. My mentor was a man about, if my grandfather was alive, they'd be the same age. His name was John Suter. And he said, I think you should take this piece of paper 
and you should think 10 steps ahead and you should think about putting it in a grocery store or selling it as a retail product. And I just cocked my head to the side. I was like, what? (laughs) He said, or, you know, you can, you know, prepare it for retail, but only share it with friends and family. I'm sure people just want to taste it again, like bring back the memories. I said, absolutely. So that's how- Let me pause you real quick. Give, like, I know what mat sauce is. When we agreed to do the podcast, I bought um, one a, a case for the house. Oh, cool delicious got the original flavor will you just give everyone a quick high level commercial of what it is yeah mutt sauce is an all-purpose tomato based sauce it's just considered specialty sauce so um, anything that's tomato based you can replace with mutt sauce whether you're putting it on your eggs in the morning hash browns you can put it on steak i can put the original on a salad even and we even have um we have four flavors original sweet and spicy and ghost pepper we also have gluten-free online um and basically you you just it's a very versatile i consider it a hybrid of hot sauce and barbecue so it's like a thinner consistency than your typical barbecue sauce in the grocery store specialty sauces are sauces that already have spices in them so you don't have to add anything to it just put it on your food and go um all right so sorry i had to just provide a little context Mm -hmm. of of that so you're working with your mentor were there some early wins that when he provides you some of this advice and guidance that you experienced that kept you pushing? Um, Well, his mantra was that um, anyone who works with him, they work at the speed of determination, which I asked him how fast that was. He said, however determined you are to do this is how fast it will happen. So your life's like a movie at this point. (laughs) 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 He was pretty blunt though. I mean, He's a laid back guy. John's a laid back guy, but he was pretty no nonsense. So um, he said he thought that it was significant enough that we shouldn't waste time. You know, why let it be an idea that just drags out? So um, he thought that it would be great to probably bring in someone who was doing what I wanted to do, but it already kind of accomplished the retail part of it. And so he set up a meeting with this lady named Peggy, and she owned a salsa company locally. And I'm here in uh, Ohio. And she'd been in business for a little over 10 years. And she told me that she had learned so much in that 10 years. She had some bumps and bruises, of course, and a lot of lessons learned. But she was at the stage where she wanted to retire, and she felt an obligation to pass along what she's learned, all of her research, everything. And she gave me basically her Rolodex of all of her research that she's done up until that point, everyone she's met, every manufacturer she's worked with, every distributor. And we were able to launch from concept to our first production was four months. I have to tell you this. I mean, a lot of times passed since this moment that you're having, but this almost feels like this is all just kind of meant to be. And these things are happening. You know, John is this no nonsense volunteer, basically that you, that you find. And then you're getting a Rolodex of how to run a business from someone who ran a similar business. I mean, this has to like, it's almost like the stars are aligning for you at this, at this moment. It felt very purposeful, which was kind of, you know, strange in a way, because I just, knew 
what my life was going to look like for the next 20 years. And now this is like a, you know, it's, it's a great segue, but it's, there's something here that is like an itch that I have to scratch and I just have to keep going. Even though it's, I didn't want to do retail. I just wanted to make it for friends and family. But and I was like, well, let's just see what happens. If I just listen to John and I listen to Peggy, there's nothing magical about what I did. People want to know, like, did you take a class? I just listened to people smarter than me who have been doing this longer than me. And, um, you know, when they give me advice, I follow it. So... I mean, that's, you're answering a couple of the questions I have written down here, just as the mindset of an entrepreneur. Um, are there moments, you know, you're working with Peggy and John that you're starting to feel outside pressure of people making judgment comments, you know, different family or friends thinking, what the heck is she doing? Actually, it was the opposite. And um, that was a point that John made in the very beginning. Uh, he said that before I even get started, the what I needed to do is make sure that I had the emotional support of my family. He said this is a very significant thing. He could tell from the fact that he had skipped his own children. My grandfather skipped his own children. This will be an emotional moment. He said, but there's a way that you can talk to them that will make them your allies and your your biggest supporters and cheerleaders versus, you know, the salty relatives. So I... um. I followed that advice. I set up a family meeting and I told them what had happened. And I said, I'm going to pour in all my savings to do this. If you want to pitch in and be a part of it, feel free. But I'm willing to do this on my own dime. All I'm asking is for your support. And we had these nifty little legal non-disclosure statements he had whipped up for me. And he's like, I'm going to need you guys to sign these non-disclosures. If John you did. Mm -hmm. So you've got John in your back pocket and you're presenting to your family. <laughs> John, he's like, you need to have them sign non-disclosure statements because that's what one team means. That's, that's teamwork to protect the recipe because it's not just you. It's the family recipe. So like 30 members of my family signed an indefinite non-disclosure. And that just gave you all the confidence you needed, right? From them, I imagine, yeah. the support. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like, we got your back. You know, you, know, you ask them, you know, I put in $20,000 of my own money. Then they're like, oh, well, good luck with that. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it what you know, I was fearful before, you know, I, I was at first scared, but then having their support and, you know, giving them the vision, I felt a lot better going forward. So that leads to a question that I'm always interested in hearing from entrepreneurs. Um, how do you deal with judgment just from the outside in general? Um, I don't know if I've really dealt with judgment in terms of like your idea is crazy. I think there were times that people perceive that wow, that's rock bottom. I, you know, times that were really tough that there, I would have people say, you should just, you have the steady paycheck of the military, just stop, you know, just put, put it on, you know, just give up. And, um, but at the same time, as soon as I would have that, can that thought would, I would entertain it. Someone would say, 
hey, Shalinda, we want you to do this event and we're going to pre-order 20, 30 cases. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so then you get the validation that this is it. This has demand. So, um, yeah, there's still there's still opportunity for cash flow. It still has life in it. And uh, I just need to be smarter about how I'm doing business. What's um, what's like a general mindset of an entrepreneur? So like how often are you thinking about mutt sauce? All day, every day. Yeah. Pretty much. Like nine o'clock at night watching TV. It's on mm -hmm. the back of your mind. Yeah. And if you're not doing something, you're thinking about what you should do. Or you always go to sleep thinking about, Ah oh, man, well, I didn't get to do that today, but maybe I'll get to do that tomorrow. Or I just made my 2020 goal list um, yesterday. I was just sitting there on my phone, just like you. I use the notes too on my phone and was making up my 2020 goals. But uh, that's, the, you know, I, I find that 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 was the switch. I went from corporate marketing for 15 years to running a business. And I feel like that's the one thing everyone thinks it's cool to be your own boss. But when you are constantly thinking about the business, you don't get to turn off at 530. Oh, no. And, and the other misnomer is when people say, well, I can't wait to own my own business so I don't have to work for anybody. And I almost I try not to laugh because I was like, "Hun, you work for everybody. Yeah. You serve everyone. You can't get stuff done like you're constantly thinking of how to serve your customer or you're at the behest of your manufacturer, your distributor, everybody who helps you run this thing, your team, your exec, like you have to provide things for them so that they can do well. So your family, right? Yeah. Your everything. family. Yeah. Yep. You're always serving someone. So yeah. Charlinda, is there anything that keeps you up at night business related? That, that just is something that you're always, always in the back of your head. Like I had, a, I asked this, um, a few episodes ago and, and, um, the, the, uh, Sean Gannon replied that he's just always worried about making sure that his employees are getting what they need out of the business. So like, is there anything that's, that you have in the back of your mind that you're always thinking about? The customer experience. So okay. if someone goes to mutfuss.com or we just launched on Amazon over Veterans Day this, this year. I saw that. Congrats. Thank you. It's always about how to create the best experience. What are we delivering for them? You know, what do they want that I haven't done? Um, how to make it better. And then, and then pricing. I think about numbers. I actually have a session tonight about Number crunching, I'm constantly looking at profit margins and uh, bringing down costs of goods sold. And if I'm going to take on new opportunities, how am I increasing my margins with these new opportunities? Um, so the answer is if you let it, everything will keep you up at night. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. But mainly the customer experience. I, I really want to make sure that in my, one thing that we say when people buy a bottle is welcome to the family because our mission is to bring American families together one bottle at a time. So to do that, you have to cultivate this family atmosphere, this culture of, of family uh, with people you're not related with. But you want them to walk away feeling like, man, she's like, you know, as close as a cousin. Like, 
that's how close we feel, like being a part of Mutt Saucer, buying a bottle. I've joined the family. I love hearing that. Um, let's switch gears just a little bit. So how, right, fast forward, it's December 2019. You said mm-hmm. you're making your 2020 goals and plans. First of all, how's business right now? You launched on Veterans Day with Amazon. How's everything going? That was crazy, Corey, because we were on CNBC. Uh, they were the ones who announced our launch on Amazon. And um, having a national news spot the day that you launch, it was exciting, jarring, panic, mayhem, because we had not planned on doing it until around Christmas. So I was still crunching numbers. I was still trying to work out my distribution. I was trying to determine whether or not I would let a third party fulfillment do my distribution versus um, fulfillment by Amazon. And before I could really decide, we got the notification that, hey, we're going to announce it on national TV in like <laughs> 48 hours. So yeah. I just had to go with what I had, <laughs> which, you know, I'm number crunching on the back end and, um, you know, hundreds of, of orders later. But I... I'm still ex- excited about it. I mean, I, I'm excited to see that we survived it all. And we had so many great customer messages from people tasting it for the first time all over the country, too. Um, yeah, you have a lot going on. I mean, I follow you um, and, and you guys as a company on Instagram, and I feel like... I, you had a busy fall. I, I swear, every time I went through my feed, someone someone was had a ball or a gala of some sort. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, outside of Mutt Sauce, I love to help with different charities, especially ones that have to do with veterans. So um, I travel the country, um, not just teach. I teach uh, workshops about how to start your own um, food food company. It's called Recipe to Retail Workshop. I also do public speaking now. And, um, and then I go to these galas and I, I sit on a couple of board of advisors, board of directors for charities that I, I really believe in. So, uh, I've tried to, I've tried to kind of branch out, not just as a food business owner, but as a veteran entrepreneur, as a female entrepreneur, you know, the different things that I could represent. I want to be a good example for someone or I want someone to say, oh, wow, I, you know, I grew up, you know, um, low income family. I, I can do this too. Or lately it's been, I'm seven months pregnant and she's oh, tossed yeah, that on top. Oh man. Still my company. Yeah. But there was uh, the wing CEO. It's a company called wing and she was on the cover of, um, INC magazine. It was a big deal. And I was like, what is the, you know, I'm, I was pregnant at the time. It was only a few months ago, but they like, she decided to do the cover of the magazine and show her, her pregnant belly. I was like, what is the big, like, do we normally hide it? Like you really can't hide this thing. So, yeah, right. <laughs> but they were saying that so many female CEOs have this stigma about, you know, they're shy about talking about their pregnancy because it probably would be frowned upon. Like you're saying the judgment of others. Which is so ridiculous. Like, where does everyone think we came from? Right. Like, <laughs> like where they think we're going to be less effective leaders if we're, if our stomach is big. Like, <laughs> just, I, I find that whole thing ridiculous. So 
Good yeah. for you for, yeah. So I've, I've not really slowed down. I've been pregnant since June and I just have kept basically the same schedule. I, I haven't slowed down too much. Uh, I am going to take some time off uh, in the spring, but um, I wanted people to know that, you know, life goes on, have a family, do do what you want to do. I'm not married. I'm <laughs> just, I was getting older and I was like, I've been going a hundred miles an hour. I gave my all to the military. I gave my all to this company. And this was the one thing that I always, I always wanted to be a mom, but there's no perfect time for it. So it's just like a business. You just got to kind of dive in there and there definitely isn't a perfect time and congratulations and good for you. And and that's, you. you know, that whole chapter is going to be crazy in itself and a whole new. It's going to be wild. <laughs> so yeah. I, I won't keep you too much longer, but I have a couple mm -hmm. questions. So you've interacted with some high profile business operators. Um, any interactions with any of them that stick in the back of your mind that you just constantly refer back to as, as just like ironclad advice? I think the first big, big name I ever met was uh, Damon John, and that was in 2017. We won Bob Evans Farms Better Known Business of the Year through their program, Heroes of CEOs. And that was, a, that was probably the biggest award we'd ever won as a company uh, to be recognized. Um, there was three companies that they picked out of a pool of hundreds of veteran entrepreneurs, and they provided them with $25,000 of funding and mentorship from Damon John. And I had actually been on Shark Tank. I made it all the way and I got rejected. And I tell people all the time, like <laughs> there's, there's a wonderful thing happens sometimes when you get rejected and just perspective. Some people just get so in their feelings about the rejection that they internalize it as a rejection instead of a lesson. Um, I learned from five sharks and Damon John was not there when I, when I auditioned, when I went there. So do you actually audition with them before you're even on camera? Well, I went to Hollywood and taped an episode. Wow. Mm -hmm. Your, 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 uh, movie of a life is getting more <laughs> and more interesting. <laughs> I taped an episode of sharks. We were only six months old. This is like six months after I founded Mutt Sauce and had my first production. We were in Hollywood I went, I went out there, I pitched to the Sharks, and they, I was the first active duty Air Force person to ever make it that far, which there's a lot of people who, um, who are reservists or guard people, but they're not active duty. And you have to like pay, pay like special attention when you're hearing them pitch. There's not many active duty folks who go on there because the rules are... Your number one priority when you're active duty is active duty and serving your country. And I learned that real quick because I didn't, I had to memorize my pitch, my numbers, whatever the producers thought was cool to say. Um, and then the Air Force had their own talking points that I had to memorize word for word. Oh, they, they influenced the, your, what you said? Yes. Wow. So, and I could not stray from it because they're official air force talking points. Like if they asked me, 
If one of the sharks said, um, so what do you do? I'm Air Force Acquisitions. What does that mean? Now, the producers wanted me to say something catchy like, we don't fly planes, we buy planes. Because that's what we do. We, we're procurement. We buy stuff. Sure. But I was like, the Air Force did not say that. Yeah, you're not paying the punishment for this. <laughs> so I had to memorize their talking point about anything that had to do with the military. And it was stressful. And um, I knew that if I was a shark, they wanted me to be all in. And that meant that I wasn't doing anything else, that I was just wanting to run the company full time, or that I had to plan that I had a plan that I would. And I was still on an official military contract. My number one rule was, we don't care how great the deal is, you will not quit your job on national TV. So as long as they didn't ask me that, I was <laughs> fine. <laughs> sure enough, one of, them asked, one of them asked me, so is this your full-time gig? No. And then Mr. Wonderful, there's nothing. I cannot oh, boy. <laughs> more important than this what the heck is more important than this um sir i support and defend the constitution of the united states against all enemies foreign and domestic i'm united states air force <laughs> you know it's like you had to pull them pull out the official air force talking points and from there it became a little kind of like awkward because yeah you don't want to insult the military sure and they're like, nope, that's a great priority. Um, we're not going to tell you not to serve your country. It seems like you have higher priority right now. So you're on this show, like at the apex of the show. Uh huh. Yeah. Like this is when this is when Shark Tank was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So anything you walked away from that with thinking like? Well, they were really nice because they they said, well, clearly you're only six months old as a company, and you're not even a tech product. You're not even like a tech, you know, technology related. So you must have something good to have beat 35,000 people to get up here. So we're just going to give you advice. And one of them said, do you know what my consulting fees are? I was like, probably more than I'll ever make in my life. And um, they just sat there and consulted me for, you know, the next few minutes and then wished me the best and said, we probably will see you again. But until then, you know, go kick butt. Thank well, that's an awesome experience. And then yeah. you end up meeting Damon again down the road in a yeah. totally, yeah. And it was, you know, my thought was Damon, if he was there, he would have understood because he kind of had the same upbringing and values that I did. Oh, that's right. You said he wasn't on the show yet? No, he wasn't. Uh, right. Well, you only have a certain number of sharks there. And like, there's usually one that isn't there that day. Gotcha. So um, he was not there. And so it was really funny. Then I get the phone call out of the blue, 2017. I'm in D.C. walking in a federal building. And I was like, hello, who is this? He's like, this is Damon John. I'm like, you're <laughs> kidding me. <laughs> so I like fell out in the, in the federal building. He said, are you, are you all right? Stop crying. I, I got to talk to you. I'm like, I can't stop crying. <laughs> Did you know why he was calling? Like when well, he they, said who it was? They said you're being considered as a grand prize of finalist, but they didn't tell me that I'd won. So when he called, he called to say, congratulations, you have won. Wow. <laughs> and you're going to meet with me in New York. And I was like, I can't hear anything you're saying right now. <laughs> He's yeah, like, <laughs> he like, if you'd stop crying. 
<laughs> you can hear. How was that meeting? It was awesome. It was it was surreal. He seems like he'd be a, a he's a good guy. Yeah, he's as genuine as as they come and his advice basically was, you know, I know you come from not having a lot and you there's a lot of pressure for you to make it as a person and um the pressure that you've put on yourself to fulfill what um your grandfather's vision was to to bring people together. His whole personality was about bringing people together and serving. He says you basically wrapped up his hopes and dreams in this bottle and are carrying it out and making it your own. He says, so on the way, there's going to be great opportunities. Just like today, they're going to hand you a check for $25,000. The warning was you're not balling. You haven't made it. And, and just like you, your grandfather told you to stay humble. He told me humility will take you farther than money. He said, stay humble and stay focused and act like you're broke. So when people see me crunching numbers all the time, we're talking about profit margin, profit mar- margin, because I'm trying to act like someone would if they only have a penny to spare. Not, you know, I don't want to act like I have all this money. That's good advice. I mean, you, I, I, I can't add anything to that. I you <laughs> basically, <laughs> I'm going to pull that and use it for the promotion for the podcast. Cause that was, you just, that was a terrific advice. Um, Charlinda, uh, let me get you out the door in a second. So would you ever be able to part ways with mutt sauce? Like you know, could an offer come in intriguing enough to get you to let it go? You know, it was very interesting because, you know, you were listening to the, the the time where I was talking to Gary Vee and, and and that was one of the questions, like, what's the exit strategy? And he said, would you sell it? And I was like, I really don't want to. He said, I don't think you should. <laughs> so um, there's that there's that tug of war, right? The tug of war of if if I sell it, should I sell it? What's the smartest exit strategy? I've heard both spectrums. I've heard, you know, wait for someone like a Kraft or Heinz or someone whose values, a big company whose values line up with that of Mutt Sauce and would still let you be a part of it. Um, or uh, I was at this, this um, it's like a two-day course called the Course for Presidents and CEOs fly all over the country to come to Tip City, uh, Ohio, which is 20 minutes from me. But the bank that I that I do business with, they sponsored me to go to this course for presidents. It's owned the the building Aileron is owned by Clay Matile, who is the founder of I'm's Dog Food. He is known to have the biggest uh, acquisition in PNG history. There's maybe a couple million dollars uh, that he had made with I'm's him and his business partner. They sold it to PNG for two billion dollars. So he's a businessman with a ton of money, <laughs> and he told me the secret to I'm's success was owning my manufacturing. He said, "You're a co-packaged product. You want to scale up. You want to. You want to. Bec- you don't want to sell to Crafter Heinz. You want to become the next Crafter Heinz. They don't just. They started out with ketchup." But then they started owning their manufacturing and 
they started acquiring other companies, smaller companies. And that's how they became the behemoths that they are. So that was the exit strategy that he suggested. But I'm like, that is a very expensive strategy. You got to buy a manufacturing bill. You know, you got to buy a plant, manufacture. That's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's not right <laughs> around the corner. Yeah. So I think I think about it a lot. Um, right now, things are pretty stable. Um I got a little bit of time to think about it. I'm sure. I just find it interesting, and and someone in your shoes, especially with the story you have, if your grandfather's business, he gives it to you instead of his own children. Like just the the whole story is incredible. So I imagine that wouldn't be an easy thing for you to even consider, anyways. Yeah, I I want to take care of my family. Bottom line, I want to take care of my family. If there was something where it's like you're going to get royalties for the rest of your life, and the check is big enough that I can take care of. My my mom, her her remaining living siblings, my kid, you know. I, Fair if, enough. Yeah, that that's like your grandfather leaving that to you. Then you could look at it like that too. Yes. Yes. So, um, all right, quick hit Q and A because I just think it's fun, enlightens the mood, and I appreciate this conversation because I think this will do everything that we set out for it to do and provide value to entrepreneurs and business operators. Um, but just to have some fun, favorite food guacamole love that tesla or bmw honda (laughs) (laughs) i've got one of them (laughs) favorite hobby reading iphone or android iphone cook or have it cooked for you I, i would say have it cooked for me if you won the lottery we'd find you where walmart (laughs) Hardest, <laughs> hardest part about being a business operator is prioritizing when you relax you like to sleep and if we turned your tv on what would be on no, i don't watch tv all right. On the way out the door, Sherlinda, let's get you a good commercial in here. Anything you want to leave the audience, the listeners with um, based on this conversation or otherwise? I'd love for you guys to join the family. Go on Amazon and look up Mutt Sauce. You can buy all of our flavors or you can go to muttsauce.com. And we also have limited edition flavors that come out twice a year. We're bringing back bourbon made with actual bourbon um, right in time for Super Bowl. So check out the website around Christmas time for your pre-order so you can be lit for Super Bowl. It's a good commercial. <laughs> Thank you, Charlinda. That was fun.